What's up, everyone? We're back for another episode of Locked On Bucks, and we're going to wrap up what was uh, some swift work from John Horst on this free agency. This man has got on vacation to get to, I think, because he got his deals done quickly and efficiently. Uh, and as we suggested for the Bucks, if they were going to have a successful free agency period, it probably meant a lot of guys were coming back headlined by Bobby Porter. So we're going to break it all down. Frank's here. He's still at work. Uh, I think he's been crunching the financial numbers. Let's get started. <laughs> Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Over at ESPN, alongside me, the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Mann. And of course, we thank you for making Lockdown Bucks your first listen of every day. And we are recording a little bit earlier today because, uh, as we said, the Bucks really got their business done. And but Frank, I'm going to throw it straight to you, but I'm just going to quickly run through it. Bobby Portis, four years, 49, I, I believe, was the final figure there or the reported figure. That was basically the max the Bucks could offer him. We suspected yesterday when I was on the podcast with Camille that was going to happen. So uh, not a great surprise, but still nice to to lock that one up. Javon Carter's coming back. Wesley Matthews is coming back. And then the greatest free agency signing in the history of the Milwaukee Bucks, Joe Ingles, is <laughs> coming. Nick Munro, if you're listening, get the Australia flag back up in the practice facility. <laughs> Pronto. <laughs> I think he's in Greece right now. Get back on the plane and get the flag up. Joe Ingles uh, signed with the Bucks as well. And, uh, you know, all jokes aside, uh, they did use the taxpayer uh, MLE that we wondered whether they were going to uh, to use at all. And they used it on a guy that is still recovering from a torn ACL. So I guess we can't say the owners are cheap, Frank. I guess that's one takeaway from today because it was an expensive day. Yeah, I mean, as you said, they they pretty much knocked out. I mean, they could pretty much do nothing the rest of the, of the summer and ha- have pretty much a, a fully formed roster ready for training camp. They've got some decisions they'll have to make around the non-guaranteed deals of Luca Vildoza and Ray John Tucker, but whatever, worry about those down the road. But, you know, essentially they have 13 guaranteed contracts at this point. And, um, you know, the bringing the band back together, right? I think, um, you know, for, for most of us, uh, seeing Bobby Fortis back, seeing Wes Matthews back, my, my you know, personal mm-hmm. favorite, um, and seeing Javon Carter come back, um, you know, uh, again, like I think m- most of us were hoping that that would that would be the case that those three guys would come back. Um, obviously, Bobby, what he did the last couple of years uh, in the regular season, in particular, but then being obviously a guy that had some huge moments leading them, helping lead the Bucks to an NBA championship, and then obviously last year um, doing it again, you know, taking the discount discount to stay with the Bucks. And, you know, I think there was always that assumption that there was an understanding that he was going to come back on the cheap last year uh, with some sort of of promise uh, that that he was going to get a very big offer this summer. And the most they could offer him was 105 percent of the mid-level 
which is just shy of $11 million a year as a starting salary, tack on max raises, and you get to that almost $49 million that you mentioned. I think we heard there's a player option on it as well. So the John Horst special, I think Javon <laughs> Carter got a player option. Everybody gets a player option. That's just kind of uh, how we do it. But um, but look, I mean, you know, that that is not a cheap number for Bobby Portis. Um, you know, four years with the player option, uh, you, you know, you have to hope that he's going to not suffer a drop off, that he's going to continue to play at the high level that he has the last two years. He's only 27 years old. He'll turn 28 next February. So I think the good news is, you know, you're not paying a guy in his, you know, mid thirties, that, that number, right. Um, you know, not everybody ages like PJ Tucker. Uh, <laughs> maybe we'll talk about him another day signing for 33 million guaranteed at the age of 37 with Philly. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's sort of the, I would say that there's kind of the basketball side of it. If I kind of take my, you know, Bucks fan hat off. I put aside kind of what I've seen Bobby do. You know, I'd say, hey, look, this this feels like a pretty damn big contract for for Bobby. Um, you know, he's a guy obviously had some struggles in the second round of the playoffs this year. Obviously, the the net series the previous year had issues. You know, didn't really play much for bouncing back and, and playing a pretty big role in the next two series. Um, so, uh, again, I mean, I wanted Bobby back if it meant having to go the full freight, 49 million, the most the Bucks could offer. Hey, I'm okay with that. Um, but by the same token, you know, uh, is he a trade asset at 49 million? I don't know. I mean, there's probably some teams that, that might be interested in him at that number, but obviously you just hope that he continues to play well and plays a big role for this team and that you don't have to think about trades. Um, but look, that's kind of the nature of unrestricted free agency as well. You know, you have to you have to pay guys to keep them. And with Bobby, obviously, unique circumstances, you know, we can argue about, you know, paying for past performance, blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, this was the right thing to do, I think, uh, in the grand scheme of of the, the basketball universe, the basketball gods, I think, are are smiling that Bobby Portis was rewarded for what he did the last two years and the sacrifices he made financially to, to be a part of this team, not not just last year, but I mean, the first year that he was here as well he took certainly less money than he could have elsewhere to come to milwaukee and you know made a commitment to to try to be a winner and um obviously that first year uh coming home with the championship he's back pat Connaughton's back um you know uh i i enjoyed seeing pat tweeting something out about the them being back together and you know it's just imagining that that uh that image of the two of them in the post championship uh interview where they're sitting next to each other. I forget somebody asked them a question, right? And and they just turn to each other holding champagne bottles and just start laughing. I think it was um, like how much champagne have you drunk or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something, like <laughs> something like that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and again, I think um, you know, we know how Bobby and Brooke and Giannis fit as a front court trio, right? As kind of the big trio. I think as long as those guys stay healthy, you feel good about what they can do. And um, you know, I think we'll talk here in a minute about one of the other additions to the Bucks front court and how maybe he complements what they have, at least down the road, Joe Ingles. But, um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, a, a day that I think you have to feel good about and, um, you know, Bobby Portis, nothing but good vibes uh, for the last couple of years and hopefully, hopefully in four more years to come. Yeah. When I mentioned at the start, because I should clarify when I say that you can't call the owners cheap, we've always said that, and you've been the one that's actually said it more than anyone. It's not, we don't have to care about it. But we did just watch the Golden State Warriors win a title and so much was made about the money they spent. But ultimately, as you said, even if there are some people out there that think, well, gee, that, that is a big contract for Bobby Portis, you factor in the fact that he took significant discounts 
uh, last year or a significant discount last year. You put it all together. And ultimately, the fact that if you didn't bring him back, you weren't going to get close to a replacement player for what he's actually brought during the regular season, started 60 games, whatever he did last year. So, I mean, it was a move that if they wanted to continue to can, contend year on year on year, it's going to be really bloody expensive. And and Bobby Porter's coming back, a guy that um, obviously loves it here is nice. And I think we spoke about it with Camille yesterday, but when you got down to the point where he was essentially going to be getting that full MM, MLE salary anyway, and it was only salary cap teams, it was like, is Bobby Portis really going to take an extra couple million a year to play for the Detroit Pistons or something like that? You felt like uh, he was coming back. Uh, you mentioned Wes. You love Wes. I'm happy for Javon Carter, Frank. And we spoke about him a lot during the playoffs and there was a big push that he should have been playing. I'm excited to see what else he can do because he is one of the other guys, one of the rare other guys that's a little bit younger on the roster. He's bounced around a little bit. He seemed like, basically like everyone that comes to this team, seemed like he was happy to be here. But he did have some nice moments and there's a lot of talk about George Hill out there. And last year in the postseason, <laughs> probably uh, there was a strong contingent of people that wanted Carter on the floor instead of George Hill. But let's see now. He gets a real opportunity uh, to, as of right now, the backup point guard spot is still uh, well and truly up for grabs. Yeah, I mean, Javon's not even 27 yet. He looks yeah. like he's like 43. So, uh, <laughs> you know, he's he's got that veteran look, um, but just uh, not even 27 years old. So, again, kind of like Bobby you know, again, obviously with this team, Wes being on the very other side, very, very much other side of 30, um, we know when you're trying to win championships, you're going to have some older guys in the roster. That's that's only natural, right? We've seen, obviously, there's good reasons for that. But obviously good to keep some of these guys around who are still, you know, young enough that that they may still have some more that they might tap into. I don't know that we're going to see, you know, Bobby Portis is further upside necessarily. Maybe there's some additional growth he can bring defensively to his game. But, you know, I think we've seen kind of what Bobby is and you're paying him to just continue to be that with Javon. Um, you know, the, the three point shooting numbers after he came over from Brooklyn, um, I, I think we need to, you know, maybe uh, tamp down expectations no. a little bit. Right. Like that's the bottom. Gonna... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, he, but again, he's a career 38% three-point shooter, right? I mean, it's not like it was a, com- a complete fluke to be a solid three-point shooter, but 56% from three-point from three-point range in 20 games with the Bucks, <laughs> eh, maybe not kind of be quite that guy uh, night in and night out. But you know, I, I, again, you just want to have solid guys. We, we always hear, you know, every team talks about next man up when there's injuries. The Bucks do that. Every team does that. Um, but having guys like him, who I think, again. You tap them on the shoulder to get in there. They're going to give you, you know, an honest night's work defensively. They're going to play their role offensively. Um, And you can kind of just count on them to make the right plays. And uh, I thought, you know, again, looking back, I mean, that first round series, he had to play, you see a lot more than expected after Chris Middleton went down and with George Hill hurt for that first series against the Bulls. And, um, you know, we talk a lot about his lack of size, but I, I was impressed how he competed and defended Zach Levine. And Zach's not as physical as as you know Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, so I don't know that he would, he would have had the same success success guarding those guys given this huge size differential. But um, but I think he's definitely a guy that can defend up a little bit defensively, and again, just uh, kind of fits the you know the Bucks profile, and and I think fits in with kind of the, the type of character guys that the Bucks like. And um, you know I think we were all curious if if he was going to come back, um, and I think you know I'm I'm happy that that he is and. Obviously, the probably the the big question for the remainder of the summer now with most of the roster set is, 
you know, is there going to be um, a potential trade, right? George Hill and, and Grayson Allen are kind of the two guys you'd look at as, as the obvious potential chips if the Bucks wanted to make some kind of move. So we'll see. I mean, I think you, you definitely feel a little bit more comfortable potentially making a move with, with a George Hill, knowing that you've got Javon as a backup that, that you trust to, again, maybe not be really dynamic, but at least be a guy that, that isn't going to, um, you know, uh, make mistakes, uh, isn't going to, you know, beat himself and can hit an open shot when needed. So, um, so yeah, happy for Javon to come back and, um, you get him for two years and Wes, I mean, again, just remarkable for Wes to come back the way he did. I mean, crazy that he wasn't signed, you know, coming into the season by anybody and for him to, you know, basically push, try to get a job with the bucks and the bucks give him that chance late November, early December, and kind of immediately steps into a role and, it's, it was hitting shots and, you know, has that huge night on, on Christmas being part of that comeback. It's the, essentially the game winning shot against the Celtics on Christmas day, a game that I thought they were going to lose. And, um, you know, just throughout the season, just continue to provide just that really tough defensive, hardworking mindset and, you know, made enough shots to kind of keep, keep defenses at least a little bit honest. Um, again, you can't really ask for much more. And I think both with, with Wes and Javon, you know, you would love to not have to rely on them to play big minutes, right? Like with Wes, I don't think you want to play, have to play him 35 minutes a night, 30 minutes a night, like they were against the Celtics. But, um, you know, if they get into a spot where he's coming off the bench playing 20 minutes a night, because, you know, you feel better about um, some of the other guys in the rotation and, you know, Chris Middleton and everybody else is healthy. Um, I think that's a, a spot that, you know, you'd, you'd love to, to kind of continue to be able to, to play Wes. And again, a lot of it obviously is just going to come down to him being able to, to not drop off much and continue to do what we saw last year. And again, stay physically healthy. I think, I think again, a regular season in particular, you don't want to you know rely on him too much just because you want to keep him fresh so that, you know, if you do need him to, to kind of ramp up a bit in the playoffs that, that he'll be ready to do that. So yeah, just excited for Wes. And again, I mean, um, winning the championship was incredible being able to do it again and have Wes and, and I know most people aren't as nostalgic about George Hill, but, uh, but, you know, to be able to win a championship and and bring some of these guys along for the ride that were part of kind of some of the previous teams um, that, that would be a lot of fun. And um, I think Robin Lopez hasn't been, has Robin Lopez been signed yet? Uh, you know, maybe bring Rolo back, get the, get the pregame wrestling matches going, going again, but, um, but, but we'll see. But, but yeah, I think uh, we thought both these guys would be back and, um, you know, great to see to see them get it done on day one and um, not not leave it to chance. Yeah, it's seven thirty p.m. Central Time right now. So this is an early podcast for us. It's still daylight, as people can see as they're watching on YouTube where you are. Uh, so there are still notifications coming through. So I'm keeping an eye on it. And it's interesting because a couple of guys that we loosely referenced as potential targets, Gary Harris has just re-signed with the Magic on a two-year, $26 million deal. So that probably wasn't in the Bucks range. JaVale McGee was someone that loosely had been mentioned. The Bucks, as you point, I know you sort of mentioned Robin Lopez, but maybe they do want a backup center. I don't know whether that's something they're trying to do, but uh, JaVale McGee ends up signing three years, I think $25 million or something with the Mavericks. 20, so, $20 million with a player option. Yeah, 34 just, years old. Just crazy stuff. The, uh, the I, I would have been happy to get JaVale for the minimum. And sure. then it's like, and, and then you see the reporting, I think, coming out of like Arizona about, you know, the Mavericks and Bucks are interested in him. It's just like, Bucks, like how much do you want to pay him to be like a guy that maybe doesn't play at all in the, in the postseason? That was my kind of thing. 
Um, we can obviously talk about that, but to me, that's the one spot you still want to look at as, as, you know, bring another big man in. So you don't have to do, do the same dance you did last year if Brooke gets hurt. But, um, but yeah, let's just say, I'm. um, I mean, should we, should we start talking about Joe Ingles, the guy they did spend the mid level on because, um, I'm, I'm, I, you know, it's a really interesting, really Let me interesting come signing. back. Let me come back to okay. it. Okay. Because, uh, but got to pay the know, bills. We got to pay, pay the, the bills. bills and, and. Uh, speaking of all this money that's been spent today, uh, talking about minimum deals, Arcade 1-Up, this is virtually a minimum deal for an excellent arcade game. Uh, everyone loves NBA Jam. We know that. And it's uh, it's back. They've got the Shaq edition. And uh, we are giving away three of these, I believe, is the latest message that I've heard. People are obsessed with NBA Jam, and I'm thrilled to tell our listeners that you can once again play hoops with NBA legends in this arcade classic uh, no quarters required, no free throws, no fouls. It's real and digitized NBA license. One of the first games that had that actually back in the day, uh, which, you know, is still cool to this day. Everyone still loves NBA Jam. And we're giving away an NBA Jam Shack edition to a locked on listener. Enter for a chance to win the game console for your man cave at arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade, the number one, up.com slash locked on. You've got until July 8th. To enter so about a week from now uh, just go to arcade1up.com slash locked on and i believe it just pops up straight on the screen so it literally couldn't be easier to uh, enter this competition don't miss out enter today joe ingles frank everyone's been waiting this is why everyone's tuned in today uh i so and it's interesting because I'm I'm working the Australian national team. They're playing World Cup qualifiers right now. Um, I'm working. By the way, sideline, uh, first time ever working the sidelines. I was. That's why. So I ended up taking a mental. I made a mental health decision this morning not to send an alarm for free agency because I was just exhausted last night because I was stressed out about this situation. Anyway, we did it. There was no major mistakes. It's great stuff. But Joe Ingles is there. Joe Ingles is sitting there courtside, and I'm like, "Come on, Joe." Just like, I don't know, make a deer horn sign to me or something. Give me something last night, but he didn't do it. Um, but hopefully I'll catch up with him tonight. Australia's playing again tonight. So we'll see if he'll give me any time. But I didn't really consider this when we had the discussions about the taxpayer MLE. Would the Bucks spend it? Would they want to, you know, what's around 30 mil? You've probably got the exact number in terms of uh, overall spendings with the with the tax and all those types of things. So I didn't really consider Joe because I was like, well, would they spend that money on a guy that is probably conservatively looking at a return in in the new year as he recovers from from an ACL? But there's no doubt the Bucks have looked at this and said, okay, we believe that there's some upside here with this signing. We don't really feel like with the roster that we've got that we need to rush him. And I think it's also probably for Joe, he's probably talked to the Bucks and they've said, hey, we've got Suki Hobson here, ACL expert. And... Our Practically medical... Australian. She's she's an adoptive Australian, you know. Well, Troy Flanagan as well is there, Australian with the uh, with the the staff uh, there. So there's plenty of Australians in the thing. I'm not saying that's why he signed, but I think that they would have been able to to paint a pretty good picture for the history of this medical staff of uh, getting guys healthy. And I think they're taking the long approach, and they believe that this guy is a he's got plenty of playoff experience and someone that they think they can play in the postseason. But it was definitely a surprise to me, Frank. <clears throat> yeah, I mean. You never really know kind of how teams are going to evaluate a guy. He, he tore his ACL on January 30th, you know, so obviously guys some can come back 
in less than a year from an ACL. Typically, I mean, I always sort of just bookmark roughly a year to returns. Some guys don't, right? Um, Kane, I mean, you, you've what torn your, how many times, how many times have you torn your ACL and, and other stuff in your knee? What are we at? What number are we at now? Three torn ACLs and <clears throat> I did return twice actually. And, uh, you know, it didn't last long, but, uh, I would recommend the conservative approach, uh, Joe. <laughs> so, um, so like, what is that worth? Right. I mean, I'm sure some teams look at that and say, well, Hey, you know, if you're sitting around unsigned, you know, in mid season, wouldn't Joe Ingles be a great pickup? if he comes back healthy, right? Other teams like the Bucks, obviously took the most aggressive approach and said, we're willing to just give him the money now, rehab him with, with the club. You know, obviously the Bucks and their staff um, have a great reputation. And unfortunately, you know, I mean, Suki had experience in ACL rehab before the Jabari Parker situation. Um, I think that might've been part of, you know, the appeal of her coming in the first place, but um but obviously you feel good about getting him in here and, and doing his rehab under this training staff um, and just being part of the team. Right. I mean, obviously, you know, it's just a different experience coming in and training camp and being a part of a team, even if you're not playing versus just waiting and, and having to do this, you know, on the side in Australia or Utah or wherever you would have been doing it and then having to show up, you know, signing somewhere mid season. So, um, you know, hopefully that stability helps once he is ready to return and, um, I mean, this is a, it's a dice roll, right? Like you're, you're gambling that he can come back and be close to, um, maybe not the guy that he was pre-injury, but at least close to it. And there's absolutely a risk in that, right? I mean, I don't know, is it a 50, 50 shot that, that he comes back and, and is, you know, close to, to what he was previously. Yeah. That's kind of how I'm thinking about it. I don't, I'm not saying that's a scientific way to think about it. Uh, but you look at the player that, that he was in Utah, I mean, he was a really, just a really, really valuable player who was able to do just a bit of everything. I mean, he's he's kind of big, right? He's I mean, six eight. He's a he's a big guy. Um, defended multiple positions, right? I mean, again, he looks like you know a guy in your your bowling league, but <laughs> does you know he, he he defends multiple positions, defends really good players. Again, more probably more of a team defender than just like you know any sort of like lockdown guy, especially coming off of an ACL. Um, but just super smart player, great pick and roll player. You know, the pick and roll game that, that he brought off the bench was such a key piece of the, those Utah teams when they were actually good. And I mean, is it a coincidence that Joe, Joe Ingles tears his ACL and then the wheels kind of come off of the Utah jazz. I, I I think there's a probably a very, very tight correlation between those two things happening. And his three point shot wasn't as, as good last year. I mean, he was a guy that was up 40, 45% uh, a couple years, um, led the league, I think at least once. So he's, you know, a really good three point shooter fell off a little bit last year before the injury. Um, but as far as, you know, again, for a team like the Bucks, it obviously values having a spot up shooter. He's really good at that. Um, uh, Justin Garcia pointed out on Twitter and about uh, like Pat Connaughton, he is a, an artist at the catch high, keep it high three point shot, um, which I, I still hypothesize he played with Corver in 1819. I don't know if he got it from Corver because Corver apparently kind of taught Pat Connaughton to do it a couple years ago. You'll have to ask, uh, you'll have to ask that question, uh, to Joe, whether that was something that, that Cal Corver taught him well, but, um, but just a really smart player. And you just look at like his shooting splits from different parts of the court. Again, just a really smart player, 
really efficient shooter. Um, never going to be like a high volume creator per se, but again, just the passing out of the pick and roll, just, I think just gives him a unique dimension that you just, you know, probably a lot of people who, you know, haven't really watched him closely probably don't appreciate. So again, just the, the basketball IQ, the shooting skill, and, um, you know, the defensive intelligence, again, you're gambling that, that those things, um, even if he's not maybe athletically where he was prior to the injury, when he comes back, just, he's just so smart that he's going to be able to figure it out. Right. Um, and not so, a lot to lose. yeah, I mean, and again, it's, it's always things as we were saying, I, I wasn't sure that they were going to use the mid-level and, you know, looking at a lot of the guys that, that I had on my list of like, Hey, maybe can you offer them the mid-level and, and hope that they maybe take it right. Well, Gary Harris is getting 13 million a year. Batum's getting 11 million a year. Oladipo took 11 million for one year. Patty Mills took 7 million over two years. So, you know, maybe that would have been a little more competitive to try to get. Um, and, you know, Thad Young took 16 million, right? All these guys, like, I mean, you couldn't have matched those dollars, right? <laughs> so nice. Daniel House, two years, 8 million. That was the only one that was, you know, so far of the guys that I had on my list that actually assigned for, for less than the taxpayer mid-level. So, you know, again, in the grand scheme of the universe, I'm sure we'll see some guys sign for less that you might look at and say, hmm, that guy would have been an interesting signing. But um, I think I think the interesting thing is, and I'm curious to see what your take is, given obviously you've watched Joe more than I have, is in the playoffs, what kind of lineup possibilities does he unlock? And, you know, again, let's say he's 85 to 90% of what he was. Again, I think he's a guy that, that you hope will be a playable def guy defensively and then a really smart um, guy offensively who fits in with the the big three. Um, I, you know, I'm, just, I'm trying to figure out, like, you know, can he be, again, he's not like a P.J. Tucker type defensively per se. He's not that exact same type of player, but much more skilled offensively. You know, is there a, um, you know, Giannis, Chris, Drew, uh, and then Joe Ingles plus, you know, take your pick. Pat Connaughton or whoever uh, lineup there um, that that could be really interesting. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm that that's the kind of piece I'm trying to figure out. But uh, again, he's a guy that's very experienced at coming off the bench and again being kind of the the engine of second units with his pick and roll game and and just his his basketball IQ. So um, and he's just you know you actually have you I mean you actually have spoken to him so you actually know him. You can speak to what he's like as a person, but. Um, just a you know shit talker, uh, <laughs> trash talker, which you know is always funny, right? Because just you know you look at him, right? Like undrafted guy, uh, had to fight and scratch for everything in this league. Um, he's uh, he's he's just a great story, and uh, again, I think he's just from a locker room perspective, and just you know maybe give the Bucks a little bit of edge. Um, he's just uh, I think a guy that just fits in really well with with the character of this team. So I don't know. I mean, t tell me what you think about kind of how his game, like in terms of lineups, anything kind of jump out to you in terms of his game, and then you know maybe you can talk a little bit about his personality too, because I I'm, I'm just looking forward to kind of what he'll be like with the rest of this team. Yeah, well, the first thing that I thought was interesting to me when I looked at the bet online odds was the Bucks are easily NBA championship favorites now that they got Joe Ingles. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say that was a lie, but you can jump on betonline.net. Uh, which is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. And I do have the odds, and this was prior to yesterday. Uh, the Bucks are 6-1 to one to win the title, fourth favorite. Uh, interesting, though, the Brooklyn Nets were 7-1. to one. I feel like they, uh, I don't know if that's the, uh, I don't know if that's the bet I would be going for right now, the Brooklyn Nets. 
Uh, out of all the tweets I woke up to, Joe Ingles was maybe number one surprise, but Kevin Durant <laughs> asking for a trade. Oh, what a way to start the day. So anyway, go to betonline.net. There's NFL futures, baseball stuff, everything uh, you need on there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Let's bet online where the game starts. I was interesting. I, I said this to you that I think there was a healthy mixture. Well, first of all, I got tagged in about 350,000 tweets this morning. Like, well, it looks like Kane's going back to Milwaukee. By the way, yeah, I can just say, I think there is nothing that Joe Ingles would hate more than if I moved to Milwaukee to try and talk to him every single day. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would be so pissed off if I did that. I think he's going to be probably pissed if I even come and say hello to him tonight and ask him if we can chat. So, uh, well, yeah, why, he, why, wait, why is this? Why is he so prick? Why would he be so prickly about you, Kane? Lovable um, Kane Pittman? What, what did you ever do to Joe? Well, I, I think particularly now, I have been trying to talk to him and he's like, look, I'm in Australia. I'm on holidays. I'm doing rehab. I don't want to talk to anyone officially. And it's like, okay, well, that's fair enough. But for the most part, he just likes talking trash. So if I asked him, he would say some smart comment back and then it would, uh, it would be all friendly. But as far as on the basketball court, it's interesting. You, you mentioned the dip in his three-point shooting last year. And it was interesting because as I was watching him... Uh, I was wondering is that, is that how you is that is that how you're going to break the ice? Ask him why his three point shooting percentage went down last year. That that I'm sure that will will get him to open up. Well, we had we spoke about it on on our show back here about what it would mean for Joe Ingles and could he return to the game? And it was interesting when you think about and a lot of teams went through this, but certainly for older players that were playing a, a major role like he was on the Utah Jazz. He also played for Australia in the Olympics. And when he plays in the Olympics, he has an even bigger role than he does with the Utah Jazz and went straight into the season. And quite honestly, he just looked really tired at the start of last year. And I was wondering, does he have anything left in the tank? Or, or is, is this just fatigue rolling on from the Olympics? And it wouldn't be a surprise uh, did his three-point shot drop. But he still was over 70% uh, at the rim. He was still facilitating at a, at a pretty high level. And defensively, as far as Utah go, I'm probably more optimistic that defensively he can translate to the Bucs, but just because of the absolute lack of any defense on the perimeter in Utah, we saw what happened in the postseason. I mean, it was just a, a turnstile to Rudy Gobert down there. As far as positionally, I was I went to cleaning the glass to check this out because if you think about some of the guys that Utah had had, and you mentioned the pick and roll game, going back a couple of years ago, the Joe Ingles, Derek Favors pick and roll was just about the unstoppable force in the NBA. But even last year, there's a 50-50 split between the three and the four. Uh, he actually played 60% of his minutes in 2020-21 at the four. And then the year before, it was 65%. So over the last three years, it switched. When he first came into the league, he was playing mostly at the three. And then he, he slipped mostly to the four. So with the group that you mentioned with Drew, I even put Wes in there. And then you've got Drew, Wes, Chris, Joe Ingles, and Giannis. I mean, that... We spoke a lot about the series with the Celtics when as soon as you took away Chris Milton, it's like, okay, we're one short and we don't have the size. Uh, if you have those five in a lineup together, you've got size across all the positions. You've got Giannis who's just out of this world and all guys are comfortable switching basically anywhere. Um, so I think lineup versatility, no doubt it's a risk. You have to get to the point where he comes back and just on the timing, I wouldn't expect that. I mean, there will be no rush with this. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I would have to imagine that the Bucks are like, 
this is uh, we're going to ramp you up after the all-star break not to say you might not return before then but that's when the ramp up's going to happen and and we're going to hopefully have you ready to go for that reason in the postseason but I, I think lineup versatility with the size switchability and not needing to do it all and it felt like he had to do too much defensively utah which is a big ask for a 35 year old yeah and i think one other piece to this you know i mean what's the downside scenario i mean the downside scenario is you get to the trade deadline and you know mm. if he has a setback or you know you got you have another injury that creates a bigger need at another position or you just see an opportunity to go and make a trade that you think just makes you better um you've got essentially, you know, that six, six and a half million dollar expiring salary that you can put into trades and aggregate um, to try to bring back somebody else. So again, I mean, that's not, that's not why you give a guy a contract, you know, to just not play for you and be in a you know, dead weight salary. Um, you know, that, it's a very expensive, I mean, I think we talked about this is on the margin, you know, this is going to cost the bucks from a tax perspective, you know, using the full MLE is like a $30 million increase in their total cost. So, um, you know, again, hey, ownership, you're trying to win a championship. Like, you got to do this stuff on the margins. I don't want to, like, say, give them credit. But I, I also want to make sure, you know, to anyone thinking that they were going to kind of, you know, penny pinch and, and try to cut corners in the offseason, they max, they essentially, you know, they, they max Bobby Portis in terms of what they could pay him. They've used the full taxpayer mid-level. That's pretty much everything that you could have asked for from them in terms of financial commitment. And so... You know, again, kudos to the Bucks. They're going to have a big tax payment. You hope that we get a long uh, postseason run to help pay the bills. And um, but that's what you have to do. I mean, this is you know, you don't you don't have Giannis Dedekumbo in his prime and then try to you know save five million, ten million, twenty million bucks in tax in tax payments um, if it's going to hurt your chances of winning a championship. So um, so yeah, and again, like who knows? Uh, yeah. There's a lot of uncertainty around it. Um, but I, I think from, uh, you know, upside kind of take a big cut and see if it pans out perspective. Um, it could be an awesome addition if he comes back and can, can be contributing by the time the playoffs roll around. Um, or it could be a dud and, you know, he never plays next season and, you know, maybe you trade him at the deadline or something. So, um, anything, any other, um, any other first day free agency, topics we haven't hit we still have jordan wara who's has a qualifying offer of two million i don't know that there's a spot on the roster for him um you know as we said I, there's really i would say there's not a strong reason to think the bucks are going to take 15 guys into the regular season given that they don't have to um and on the one hand you know the tax isn't calculated until you know what you're based on it's only calculated based on what your roster is at the end of the year so you could take a ray john tucker into the regular season and his, his deal doesn't guarantee until January 10th. So whatever, right. That you could avoid having to, to have that hit your tax bill, but like Luca Vildoza, his, his contract guarantees on opening night. So, you know, there's not an urgency to make a decision for instance on Luca Vildoza right now, but if you take him into opening night, then, you know, if it doesn't work out, then you're potentially eating a lot of money. Um, if you, for instance, had to waive him or, and you couldn't trade him. So, um, so we'll kind of see what's going on. I, I feel like Jordan War is probably not coming back. Um, you know, especially with with Beauchamp and um not like Jordan was teed up to be a playoff guy anyway, but um you know, certainly uh bringing back also or, or bringing in Joe Ingles and and bringing back Wes, you know, those are all guys that are 
going to leave the wing kind of more and more crowded, especially uh, knock on wood when Joe comes back. But it's possible, right? Certainly possible. They they do have that one extra roster spot, but my guess is they'll figure out a way to make that a big man. And I think probably the other question, as we alluded to, is just, you know, do they do some sort of trade where they involve George Hill and or Grayson Allen, right? That's probably the the one other big thing to watch for this summer is just, again, do they do something with that last roster spot before the camp? Um, I'm sure they'll bring in some camp bodies. And then is there is there a potential trade, right? So at least one thing we can keep our eye on here. Uh, yeah, we, I'm guessing, uh, we'll see. I'm guessing the Bucks seem to want to have a nice July 4th weekend based on everything that just happened. <laughs> but, but who knows? Who knows if uh, maybe we'll get a trade over the next few days to, to kind of rouse us from our uh, from our slumber. Yeah, it'll be interesting that, uh, as you just alluded to, I guess the the big man backup spot, if they wanted any insurance there, they weren't too fast last year. We'll see whether that's changed the planning. And then, yeah, just the backup point guard. Do they uh, basically, I mean, because George, yeah, George Hill is an older man. Are they, do they think that he's the backup point guard or is this an investment in Javon Carter? So we'll see what happens there. Just one last one on Joe Ingles as well in terms of uh, the good bloke. Uh, locker room that we suggest that the Bucks have. And uh, I think Chris Milton described it as a no asshole policy. That is one area that Joe will absolutely fit in. Uh, people might not be aware, but the amount of work that he's done in the community in Utah and back in Australia, particularly around autism awareness, his son, Jacob, is autistic. Uh, he, Joe was really the, the main pusher behind getting sensory rooms at the uh, Utah Jazz Arena, multiple arenas here in Melbourne as well. So he, he's healed to a lot of... Probably good work in in that space in Milwaukee as well. And overall, I would say probably an easy guy um, to get behind. So I think he'll be popular. And like I told Eric name, he's don't set yourself up with a silly question because you're going to hear about it. <laughs> well, he, he he's only an asshole to you when you ask dumb questions, Kane. So he, <laughs> everybody else he's great with. And then, you know, you just walk into stuff, I guess. Um, what, before we go, I, I do have one note in case people are curious. Um, if they do take 14 guys into the regular season, probably looking, you know, again, based on the current salaries, including Grayson and George and all the guys that they signed today, um, looking at a tax bill of around $59 million. Um, so not cheap, $233 million total for, uh, for this roster. So, um, yeah, cost of doing business in the NBA. I've got a different way of looking at this because people will say you know 60 million dollars but to me Giannis is starting to get up i, I don't know I, I don't have his contract right in front of me maybe you do 43 million 42.5 yeah he's worth 100 million so the tax bill yeah. is essentially just keeping Giannis in milwaukee it's fine that's the way i'm looking at it this is this is what you do to have that man uh playing for this team so i guess uh we'll see how the next couple of days panned out this is lovely uh it's only 8 p.m frank you can get the hell out of the office enjoy a long weekend and uh, we'll see what happens over the weekend and see if there's anything noteworthy and be back uh, next week. Uh, by the way, are you doing anything with your uh, days off? So I have Friday off and Monday off um, from my company gives off, gives us a long weekend. So, um, but I, my daughter has daycare on Friday. So uh, I, I don't know. I got to figure out what I want to do with my, with my, with my day. <laughs> Normally on weekends, I'm hanging out with my daughter. So uh, yeah, I don't know. What, what can I do? I need to go get, I was thinking about getting, go, getting some new golf clubs, um, actually. So now that, get... that is a, that is a day off activity if I've ever heard it. Yeah. That's a, that's a, you know, washed up dad on his day yeah. off type, type move. Yeah. So maybe I'll go get some golf clubs. That feels like a good off season thing to do. 
and um, you know, be monitoring Twitter to see uh, see if anything interesting happens down the pike. We have, we didn't even talk about Kevin Durant. We're we're the only podcast that NBA podcast that that didn't you know blather about Kevin Durant for ten minutes. Man, Brooklyn, tough times in Brooklyn. Um, no idea what's going to happen there, but my my personal hope is he. Kevin Durant ends up far, far away in the Western Conference in Phoenix or someplace else. And, um, you know, if we have to go through Kevin Durant again. Uh, I would rather be it in the in the NBA finals. But um, I mean, this is uh, you mentioned it, the no assholes policy. Just, you know, this is why we just need to sometimes take a minute and just pause and appreciate the culture that no drama. Giannis, Chris, Drew, Bud, you know, really kind of top to bottom this roster, you know, I mean, we see it too with Marjan Beauchamp. I mean, I haven't, I haven't been on the pod since draft night with you, Kane, but um, you know, there's, there's obviously a profile of the type of player and the type of person that, that this team goes after. And um, you know, do they sometimes maybe miss out on, <laughs> you know, guys that maybe have some character concerns, but have basketball talent. Yeah. Maybe sometimes they do. Um, but it, it's just such a fun group to root for. And you just can't help but feel good about the the group of guys they have. And um, man, I just really appreciate that we don't have to do emergency pods about. And you know, again, I knock on wood here, but but uh, you know, we we don't have to deal with kind of the the whims of the Kyrie Irvings of the world and trade demands of guys that you know feel like they're entitled to, you know, not have to play on a team if their best friend isn't there. Or, you know, I mean, not even big markets apparently are. Are, uh, uh, can can avert some of this stuff with what's happening in Brooklyn, but um, yeah, just thankful for uh, for having our our very boring Milwaukee Bucks uh, on a day like this. That's uh, a perfect way to end it. And I know there aren't too many Brooklyn Nets fans, but imagine being a Brooklyn Nets fan. Oh my goodness, what a roller coaster the last few years. It, this would be more, yeah, this would be more enjoyable if, like, I don't even. That's the thing, right? Like, I know that there are Brooklyn Nets fans out there. I'm sure there's some that are like bandwagon. Just who, don't like, know. Any, yeah, that's screw right. them. But like they're not vocal to me, so I don't really like. There's like the fanboys of the players, right? But yeah. like real, like people who are like Nets fans, like it's I don't really know them, so I can't. You know, like with Philly or Miami or Boston, like I can take pleasure in those teams going through crises uh, <laughs> and losing. But with Brooklyn, it's just like eh, I don't know. So uh, I guess we'll see. Well, I'm sure Miami will offer up Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and a second-round pick for Durant. So we'll see uh, how that uh, goes out there. But we'll leave it there. Uh, let us know your thoughts in the YouTube comments. Uh, I'm sure you will uh, about all these uh, signings, the guys coming back, and the addition of uh, Joe Ingles. And we'll be back next week. Check out the Locked On NBA podcast after this, and then you'll get a really good wrap of everything else that we didn't get time to go through. We've gone 45 minutes purely on the Bucks today. Uh, so check out the Locked On NBA podcast after this. Catch you guys next week.